We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yu former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. From dateables to brunchables, welcome to this week's episode of Brunch Talk, brought to you by the Dateable Podcast. We are your dating Sherpas. You know, you can call us that because we want to Sherpa you through this crazy scene of modern dating and answer your burning questions. And food racks, right? Didn't we get a DM the other day about food racks? So <laughs> merging the brunchables and the dateables fully, you know? Yeah. Pivot. <laughs> Guess what, y'all? We're going to get into the food space now with brunch food talk. bloggers. Yeah. <laughs> How fun would that be? It would be fun. Too bad it's like real saturated market and basically you're impossible to make money unless you became a food critic that people invited in yeah that would be incredible if you could like go in okay here's an idea for us okay we go to 
restaurants. Like restaurants will hire us to come in, critique their food, and then also critique people that want dating advice all at once. Yeah. I was thinking we combine the two that you all can take us to brunch. We'll give you dating (laughs) advice as we sit through brunch. And at the end, we both critique the food together. (laughs) I like that spin. We're not relying on the restaurants. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, All in one. Do you remember we did that once? We did like a, what was it? A contest. I forget what the contest was. This was a long time ago. What was that contest? And then we took what the winner and her friend to brunch. And then we ended up having her friend as a podcast guest later on. Oh my gosh, that was eons ago. That was a long time ago. That restaurant that we went to has not existed for like five years. What was the restaurant? Hog and Rocks. Remember that place? Oh yeah, no longer. Yep. It's been gone for a long, long time, which Uh, is different lifetime. Dates this. Yes, different lifetime. Yet same podcast. Evolve podcast. <laughs> I wonder, what was Maggie? That was her name, right? I mm-hmm. wonder if she's still listening. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Maggie if you're there. Okay, back to brunch. Talking about brunch and talking about dating, I do find that as I start eating, I want to talk more. I don't know what it is. It's like an interrogation <laughs> technique that people can use on me. You know, if someone's like, tell me your ATM pin code. And if they start feeding me pancakes, <laughs> I might just give it away. Well, I think it's too. It's I associate going out to brunch or to dinner as bonding with friends like social Mm -hmm. experiences. Like, of course, I'm there for the food, too. I don't want to say I'm not. But there is this, like, communal feeling of everyone gets together and shares what's going on in their lives. So I think there is that association with food for me, for sure. And I can think back of just, like, brunch specifically used to be, like, the go-to that we would kind of go after a night out, air what happened that night, or, you know, what's been going on in your life dating-wise. Like, it has that connotation, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, those are always a good time. <laughs> and as we're talking about good times, let's get to this good question. Yes, let's do it. This week's question is kind of a dating peripheral question, mm-hmm. not directly related to dating, but definitely heavily integrated. And I'm sure many of you had thought of this before. And the question is, what kind of relationship should you expect with your friend's partner? Yes. And for more context, most of my friends are in long-term committed relationships, and I'm often the seventh or ninth wheel. My question is, how much of a relationship should I have with my friend's partners? Some of my interactions range from saying, hey, what's up when we're out socially to taking full on vacations together. What do I do when I don't like my friend's partner? And what is the line even when I do that I'm not overstepping but being cordial? Top line thoughts to this question would be, it is so dependent on what your friend would like, their Mm -hmm. ideal relationship that you would have with their partner. I think it's a conversation with your friend because it's not about you and the friend's partner. You two cannot establish what that relationship could look like. And I think that will give you a really good idea of whether your friend's like, you know what, it would be my dream if you two became besties and be there for me and, you know, have each other on speed dial and just (laughs) just be close friends like on that show Friends. Or your friend could say something like, I'm happy with whatever cordial relationship you two establish. Doesn't have to be that 
that close. I just want all of us to hang out and get along. That's the extent of it. That's cool too. I think there's just people have different expectations. I don't expect my friends to be that close with my partner, but I certainly love it if there is some sort of communication between my partner and my friends, especially if they're trying to surprise me. You know, I like that. <laughs> or I really need their help because I I need the moral support. That's nice too. But I certainly do not expect that closeness of a friendship. Yeah. I mean, I think there is this meme that was like, instead of being angry that your friends are in a relationship, look at it like you're getting a new best friend. And, you know, on one side, I like the sentiment of that because I definitely for years was kind of like, oh my God, now I've lost this person. Like when you're single, you're like, I don't have this person now to do things with. And that's not the best mentality at all. A much better way of framing it is like, okay, now I have two people to do things with. Of course, easier said than done. And I don't think that like always you're going to become like besties with the partner. I think some of it, like you said, what does your friend even want? And then also it's just maybe not realistic. Like you didn't pick this person, right? So while they could be good for your partner, it doesn't mean that you two are instantly going to be best friends. It's almost kind of like, forcing it. So I do think that there is a middle with all of this that it's great if you just end up being friends and best friends even. I think best friends maybe is towing a little bit of a weird line, but friends I think is an ideal situation, right? But I don't think it should be forced. It shouldn't be assumed. It should be more if that just organically happens. But also, I think hating your friend's partner isn't the best either because realistically this person isn't going to go anywhere. I definitely have made the mistakes before of, you know, I did this one thing with friends that I regret to this day that we had an intervention with another friend because we just didn't vibe with her partner. He wasn't doing anything wrong. And we sat her down. We basically told her she could do better. And I think some of it was coming from all three of us were, or maybe two of us were single at the time. One of us was kind of in like a more rocky relationship. So some of it was probably coming from our own shit also. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you don't think that, but a lot of it does root back to your own self the way you feel about your partner but also I think some of it was just that he maybe wasn't who we would necessarily gravitate to Mm -hmm. but who made us the people to like tell her what to do I'm so glad that she didn't listen because they're now married with two kids so clearly she knew herself better and that's the right way to be but I guess in a long way what I'm saying is I think you can't force it but hating the person and outrightly getting in the way I think in your head being like this isn't my favorite person is still different than having an intervention, that's also going to be an uphill battle. There's a difference between you having to like your friend's partner versus you having a cordial relationship with your friend's partner. Yes. Just remember, you don't have to like them. There's no rule out there that's like, you must like your friend's partner, but there has to be some baseline of friendliness when you do hang out together. I certainly, Julie knows this, I certainly don't like (laughs) many of my friend's partners, but I also don't make it a point to tell my friend. There's no need to tell them. No. As long as they are making my friend happy, that is all that freaking matters. It doesn't matter. We don't have a friendship. I don't like their personality. I don't like the way they eat their food. Yes, that's true. There's one of them that's just like really annoying the way he eats. But that has nothing to do with me. It's more like as long as they make my friend happy, who am I to get in the way of that? Yeah, I feel fortunate that I like the majority of my friends' partners. 
listeners, like I actually can't think of anyone that I really dislike. Would they necessarily be like my BFFs? Probably not, but I still like them. Like if anyone was like, let's go on a vacation together, there's no one that I'd be like, oh my God, I can't imagine spending two days with this person. I did have this conversation with my partner though, of like, it would be kind of funny to think like if you were to have like a one-on-one with any of your friends' partners, like what would you talk about? Yes. Or like, what would you talk about with my friends? Yes. And I think there are some of it that like the common bond really is your friend and you would get yes. there and you're like, what would I talk about with this person? And I was able to find, the more I like looked, I was able to find things. You know, the part about like being BFFs with the partner, I'm like thinking about it. Like, I don't know if I'd really want my partner like texting nonstop with my friends. Like, I think that would be like a little strange. Yeah. Without you in the text. Yeah. Like if you're in the group text, <laughs> I think that's totally different. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. My partner has like texted some of my friends on their birthdays. Totally cool with that it's not like it leads and usually they also have partners so it's not like in a weird way at all Mm -hmm. so I think some of it's circumstantial like is it like a one-time text or even a little engagement after that versus like we're texting all day every day without you like there's a lot of gray area in between those two it's all about the context you know that I love my friend Tina's husband, Chris, and you and I have actually hung out with him without yeah. Tina when he was in town. We all hung out as a group. But the context is their house is a revolving door every day. They have people over all the time. They just love being around people. So he is generally just a very social guy and very inclusive and he welcomes you into his circle of friends. That context makes sense to me. But if it were a friend's partner who's a recluse and you know does not do that and is not a very social and we have a one-on-one interaction that would just be awkward as hell because the context is not there and I'd be like why are we doing this this is weird I think there's also context in your situation that he was in from out of town she was not there it'd be fucking weird if you two were going to dinner and she's just at her house like hanging out you know like that would be so weird and that would never happen but like that would be weird but I would also like if my partner was traveling and like he was close enough with some of my friends to be like, I'm going to go meet up with them. I would be all for that. Like, I think that would be really nice. So I think context is also so important here. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. This episode is brought to you by the One Love Foundation. The numbers of people affected by relationship abuse are startling. Abusive relationships rarely start with physical abuse. Instead, there are often red flags like manipulation, isolation, belittling, and volatility. Do you know the signs? One Love Foundation, a national nonprofit dedicated to ending relationship abuse, empowers you to see the signs of an unhealthy relationship before things go too far. Visit joinonelove.org and learn to spot the signs of unhealthy and healthy relationship behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of 
THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This situation, I love to get your input on this. So my current partner has a friend who's a girl who has stayed friends with almost all of his serious exes, including the most recent one, which is his ex I feel like I know who this girl is, but that's not Yes, so you do. <laughs> so close that she's been to their baby showers, to their weddings, all of that. And she's extremely nice to me. And I'm very happy to be friends with her. But it's also... Knowing that she has this very close friendship with at least three of his most recent exes. Thoughts? I think that's weird. And this is where it gets like (laughs) dicey. It's like no matter what, you're still like a friend of the person first, in my opinion. And that's why I think it's weird to like have this relationship without the partner unless there was a circumstance that warranted it. And then what happens when you break up? Then it's a little weird. Like I would not like it at all if my friends were having if my friends were like hanging out with my ex like regularly I'd be so upset like I don't even know what I would do in that situation so I mean it's like in sentiment it's nice that she was able to maintain that but I think it's a little over the line too yeah and I think it just depends on how you define these friendships and how you define the this is such a bad word but the who owns that relationship so I know in breakups people get actually kind of terrified territorial about their friends. Yeah. Right. My ex, they should not be talking to my ex because they're my friends and I'm not talking to my ex's friends. 
colleagues. Those are her friends or his friends. So I get that. I get a little territorial about my friends as well. To me, I'm still trying to work through this. It has nothing to do with my partner. It's like, I want to deepen my friendship with this person. And she does listen to this podcast. So this is, yes, we can have this conversation (laughs) at another time. And I really enjoy being around her. But there is a part of me that's like, I don't want to be part of this ex club that you're going to befriend. (laughs) This is why this topic is tricky, though, because there's always a barrier to like making it a more substantial relationship unless you're like the person you're describing and you're just like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to be friends with who I want to be friends with. Yeah, there is a good mentality about that. I don't want to say that's not a good way to go about doing it. But I think the majority, there's still this feeling like, okay, if my friend, their partner were to break up tomorrow, would I actually hang out with this person? And most times, nine out of 10, the answer is no. So I do think like back to the top line question here of like, how much is too much? Like, I don't think that there's, I think all of it's relative to you and your friend, your friend's partner, how much you enjoy this person. So there's not a black and white answer. But then I do think some of it is like thinking about like, okay, what happens like if this was to end? Mm -hmm. Like, how would I kind of react with that? Have you ever had a an ex's friend reach out to you after the breakup? No. My ex wanted to like give me his friend's contact info and he wanted your contact info, which is ironic because you guys actually never met. So I don't we know why he ch- I don't know why he chose you because like he knew like all my other friends, but he chose you UA. I just so special. weird because he literally met every other one of my friends. Yeah, but we've for never whatever met. reason, he chose you. And I was like, you know, I don't really need to do that because I don't need to put like UA in this position. Like yeah. I, the sentiment was like, so we could like check up on each other and understand uh, how we were doing. But I don't uh-huh. think you need to like get the other person involved necessarily. Like that felt no. weird to me. I'm like, if we're going to check in on each other, like, let's just check in on each other. We don't need to like have these other people like involved in this that quite frankly were not involved in the relationship to begin with so i think there's a lot of that that's happening but i think like you're more asking like as like a friendly acquaintance just like popping in to say hi no Mm -hmm. have you I just remember years ago with my ex of five years, the one that proposed, after we broke up, his close friend messaged me, I think it was actually on LinkedIn, and asked me if Asian pussies were a different color. Oh my god. Yes. That's actually debatably worse than just checking in on your partner. By far way worse. On LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure it was on LinkedIn. Oh my God, that's terrible. That's terrible. I think that's that raises a really good point too, is like, what is this friendship that you're actually trying to get? Like, I feel like I could see people being like, you know, and I kind of feel like in a way, some of my friends have done this, but not in a bad way. Like there was a time that we were like all out and it was like me, my partner and like three of my single friends. And they were asking him to like look at their profiles as like a male point of view. Uh-huh. And I think like in that context, context was fine but if they're like messaging him all the time questions about it that would be too much and I almost feel like what you're saying with that comment it's like he's like oh who could I ask oh yeah UA like you know like you don't need to be like the subject matter expert for this person no I think he was being a dick well that too I think he was trying to be a douchebag and trying to get a rise out of me because it was not the best of breakups but it had nothing to do with him that's true I mean that's a whole other story of like what where is this coming from? I think, you know, the part of 
about, let's maybe go back to the top line of this. Like, how much should you be communicating? How much should you be going on trips together? Like, and then also, what do you do when you really don't like this person? I mean, I think the communication, we kind of address this of what feels right in the context. Is your friend, like the person that kind of connects you to, involved when it makes sense for them to? The last thing you want to do is be doing things like behind their back that feel weird. Like, I think group texting, hanging out if, like, you're visiting somewhere or that person is not present. I think it'd be weird if they were out of town, though, if you two suddenly, like, started hanging out. That's also weird. Like, think about it, like, also, like, if you were in a relationship, like, what would you want? Yeah. Like, and not that what you want is always necessarily what they want, but at least you could be like, would I want them, like, texting without me? Like, that's kind of weird, you know? Like, I'd say that's first and foremost. In terms of, like, the vacationing together, like, I love loved when my friends and couples, even when I was the seventh or ninth wheel or whatever this person was, Mm -hmm. invited me along anyways. And I enjoyed the company of my friends' partners. Like I, you know, knew them well that it didn't feel like I was that third wheel or whatever. So I think like, yeah, invite yourself to trips or make it clear that you want to be included. I think if it's just the three of you, then it also depends on the dynamic. Like I definitely have like a friend and that the three of us used to go out for dinners and do stuff. And it wasn't weird at all. And I think the thought was like, okay, when she has that partner, the four of us can do stuff. So I think that's a different mentality. And I don't think you're doing anything like wrong by wanting to be there. And your friends might want you to be there too. Like, I think just looking at it less like, should I be doing this? But more just what feels right for the relationship and having conversations with your friends is never a bad thing. Your priority is your friendship with your friend and then your friendship with their partner stems from that Mm -hmm. friendship right so that should dictate how you should carry on a friendship with their partner and if you truly do not like your friend's (laughs) partner just don't say anything just don't as long as they make your friend happy just know that that's all that matters and you don't have to like everybody it's okay yeah and you can find more one-on-one time with your friend I think something I I try to do in a relationship because I was years of being that third wheel is when it's the three of us, I'll ask like, would you prefer to do one-on-one or like, do you mind if my partner comes? Because I don't want to like impose all the time and not have that individual time. So I always try to like give people like kind of an out if they want to choose not that. And my partner doesn't care. Like I've told him this too. Like, and it doesn't stem from like them not liking him. It's more just, I know how it feels to sometimes want to spend time with your friend and then you have a third person along that does change the dynamic regardless even if they love this person so so much it will change the way the vibe flows for sure absolutely Thanks again for sending in this question for all of you sending your questions. You can email us hello at datablepodcast.com or you can DM us on Instagram at datablepodcast. We try to answer all of the questions you send in. And if you've already sent in a question before, keep sending them in. It's okay if you are repeat question ask her. We're all about that. There's enough to go around. And if you have the question, probably someone else does too. So (laughs) thanks again. And we'll see you next week for Brunch Talk. Bye. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.
Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Datable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.